Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. So the debate, yeah, Randy, ahead, the, the famous debate, debate. How do you measure performance? We've been talking about it yeah. about 20 minutes before we hit record, right? Yeah. How do you got, measure it? Yeah, we what does it look like? Yeah, we should have hit record before. <laughs> Here's how Lisa and I come up with these topics and, and the reason that they're, they're top of mind for us. Right. And we hope that benefits you guys because it's a here now thing for us. So it's very top of mind for us. And it largely is driven by the conversations that we're having with other people. So it's kind of a natural assumption on our part that, okay, if we're, if we're having a lot of these conversations, some of you folks out there, you got to be having these conversations too. So I'm sitting here with the top level leader and you can ask any, any leader, you know, is your, is your team high performing? Mostly they're going to say yes. Occasionally I'll have somebody, no, my team sucks. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Usually it's, yeah, yeah, we're, 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 we're pretty high. Yeah, we're pretty good. We're pretty good. And that will be followed by this question. How do you know? And then begins the circuitous journey of realizing they don't know. They just think they are. They're not measuring anything. They're not quantifying anything. And if they are quantifying things, they're quantifying things that are completely subjective, which all of us who've ever been on a team and not been in that top boss chair, and that's all of us because nobody just, well, okay, I guess if your daddy ran the company, then you got it. But that ain't me. That ain't Lisa. That's probably none of you. Um, we had to work our way up, and it's frustrating as all get out to be measured on just some arbitrary I don't have a clue. And, and yeah, it's an arbitrary that, number that can be changed based on your manager. Yeah. And, and I don't know how I can facilitate to be the rating scale. Yeah, and I don't know how <laughs> I can improve. What can I do to improve that? That's other right. Than, other than buddy up, you know, buddy up to the person and try to be more likable perhaps. Well, and the difference is the rating scale varies manager to manager. Yeah. What they believe to be a five, let's say it's a one to five. And the, another manager b believed to be a two for that same five of the other manager. You have you have this disparity in what it means to them, regardless of how you define it. And here's how many of I, us? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, what I think is a big fear because I've seen this up close and personal. So having managed organizations for a long, long time, and the crux of the organizations that I managed were sales, and that was my roots. That was my background. Sales is, is a very merit-based occupation. You sell something, okay. You sell a whole lot of somethings, even better. So it's very quantifiable. But it's interesting, the companies that I would come in and I would very quickly set some measurements. And I'm not setting goals. I'm just, we're just measuring. Let's just see where we're at. I told Lisa before we hit record, it, it's tantamount. You go into the doctor's office. One of the first things they're going to do is they're going to measure your height and put you on a set of scales. Now you can tell them 
uh, you know, I think I'm 195. And then you get on the scales and you're 220. Okay, well, that's a... That's In a, my mind, I'm 195. Yeah, you know, I'm... I, <laughs> I think I'm, th- I think I'm thin. I think I'm fit. Okay. Well, guess what? You're not. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we've now got evidence. We've now got evidence that you may identify as thin, but you're not thin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I would put it in and people would just be, they would be absolutely horrified. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, we're going to track how many customer interactions you have in a day by phone or in person. And then we're going to calculate how many, how many sales you made. And that gives in the sales world, that gives you a closing ratio. So if you, if you interact with 10 customers, 10 shoppers in a day, and you make four sales, your closing ratio is 40%. Every sales person that I have ever, (laughs) that I've ever led will tell me before we start measuring, what do you think your, your closing ratio is? Oh, 70%. I've never had anybody say something lower than 70%. It'd be just like you go into the doctor's office and I say, well, how, how much do you weigh? Oh, well, you know, 200. And then they put you on the scale and you're 220. So a salesperson can say 70%. And some will say higher. And invariably, the highest, when you start, this is for me, my experience over a few decades, you start measuring it, and the highest person is 40. And not very many of them are 40. Okay, they immediately get fearful. And I think leaders, I think we get fearful that if we do measure things, people are going to view it as punitive. And they can if you don't handle it correctly. But if you handle it correctly so that they understand, and it's, I came up with the analogy when I was in my 20s. I didn't do much bowling except in college, you know, the student union every now and again just to kill time. But for some reason, my analogy was bowling in the dark. Do you want to bowl in the dark? I'm not much for bowling, but if I did go bowl, I certainly don't want to bowl if I can't see the pins. I don't want to bowl if I don't know how well I did. It's not a matter of being a world-class bowler. It's just... If we're not going to keep score, it drives me crazy going to kids' games where if they don't keep score. It's like, I, I don't know. I'm old school. Uh, the scorebook and the... Well, it's, you just, know. You know, it's, just a me- it's just a measurement. We're not talking about, okay, you're compared to them, you're worse. Compared to them, you're better. Mm-hmm. For me, it's not that. For me, it's where am I? How can I possibly get to where I want to be if I don't know where I'm at? If, if, I, if I'm 200 and 195 is kind of my ideal weight, that's a whole different objective than if I get on those scales and they say 220. And now I got 25 pounds instead of five. Whole different course of action that I should probably take on if I'm serious about the 195 ideal outcome. And so... When we're talking about performance, our own individual performance, as well as our team, how do we know? How do we know? I mean, are we just going to rely on the fact that I'm feeling pretty good about myself? I feel like I'm a high performer. Wouldn't it be seen, so much better to know? I have seen so many different uh, and have been involved in so many different discussions around this, not only from uh, other with other HR professionals in other Who cities. Tell? but other with management, you know, I've 
different management teams that I've led, um, different city managers that I've talked to. There is such a wide, there are some, it's, it's almost, there are some that are on the absolute, we must have a rating scale. It is this to this. They have to be turned in, evaluated. It's on this frequency to us who we got rid of performance evaluations and it was a long decision. It was a probably 12, 15 month decision that we had to get to that point. We used to do reviews and they kept going from a scored. So we, many moons ago, we did a scored one to five. We outlined the, the, the performance factors and we had one for fire, one for police, cause they were quite different. And then one for everybody else that was general employee population. I call it non-sworn. And it was a one to five with these factors in these differing areas. Atten- you know, then what you'd hear from everybody, attendance, performance, output, um, uh, accuracy. Really, how many of those were subjective? Well, they're all subjective because it depends on the rater. There's the and problem. And it depends on if they like somebody or not. It shouldn't, but it does. But see, uh, that's it- very different that if somebody, if somebody is tasked to, so you've got a front counter person. They're answering the phone and they're interacting with people that come up to city hall. Correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's very easy. Take a, take a position like that. Cause I've, I've had those kinds of people and you're like, well, you know, like how many, how many phone calls do you field in a day? Oh, we filled. Well, we don't know. 50 you know, a day. We feel yeah, 50, you know, whatever they, it is. they'll throw a number out there. It's yeah. like, okay, starting tomorrow. Nothing fancy, just index card, just a tick mark, just do a tick mark. You know, now you find out that it's 20 calls a day. Okay. How many walk-ups do you have? Yeah, How it's, many it's emails re- do you get? It's really basic stuff like that where we overestimate, I have found, people over, we overestimate the work product. Oh, I'm answering 50 phone calls a day. I, you know, I've got, my inbox has got hundreds of emails. Okay, well, let's separate the junk mail, let's separate the garbage. And now let's just fixate on the legitimate emails. I mean, these are quantifiable, really ridiculously, seemingly simple and stupid things, but these are things that we fixate on. And these are things that just drive people crazy. And we, it drives them crazy because where, what is the value and what are you actually trying to I call it score. What are you actually trying to rate when you're talking about high performance and high performing teams? The whole, the whole discussion around this is what are you trying to evaluate and are you getting to that? Right. Well, and if you're answering 50 phone calls a day, does that make you a high performer? No, you could be answering them all wrong, Exactly. (laughs) you know, or you could be disconnecting them after you answer them. I mean, yeah, but it kind of, for me, it kind of starts with, okay, well, it's, you're not getting, we've tracked it for a week and on average, you're getting 22 phone calls a day. Well, the 22 phone calls a day is not 50. (laughs) So let's just start there. It's not punitive. We're just, come on. You weigh 220. You kind of need to know that. I know you yeah. think you weigh 195, but you don't. Right. <laughs> so now what? Which is really for me the two the big two word question. So now what? Now what? Now what are we going to do? But keep going. No, you know I was going to say as we were looking as we were looking at it, and I, what I hear most organizations look at it's this big debate. Do do you assess, and then what do you assess? 
right? Amongst it, amongst your, your people. And then the effectiveness of it, what value did it bring? Because when we looked at it, it helped initially, but what we found when we dove in, when I started talking to the directors, for instance, I had one director rated everybody a five. Mm-hmm. Okay. They rated everybody a five and I knew the people and they were not fives, <laughs> you know, right. like right. so many of us, but I do, you know, you do know the ones that are fives that are the high performers, but what high performers are not everybody. It is never 100%. No, never. what would have been the downside for the director to have given somebody a number lower than five? Because they have to talk to them about it and they don't want the confrontation of the discussion. Bingo. They don't want the confrontation. So they just give everybody a five because they have to get it done. That was the rule and get it to HR so we okay, can file helpful, it. helpful hint. These are not confrontations. And I, I got very worked up on that. I got very, very aggressive in my tone. Well, rightfully <laughs> it's so. personal to me. Yeah, rightful, rightfully so. You know, it's. Yeah. So, so in this debate we had, that's one thing, you know. Trying to do for others what they can't do for themselves. And that necessarily is going to require some crucial conversations, not confrontations, but just crucial conversations. That's right. So you have, the, you have these rating systems that can fault because there's people involved, unfortunately, mm-hmm. right? You yep. have to train your people well, and they have to be great leaders to really hold people accountable. When we looked at that, when we looked at scoring, then what happens is the reviews. You read the reviews they write. Amazing employee. This person is always on time. What a team player Joe Blow is. And oh my gosh, they are such productive workers. And then two months later, they're in my office going, how do we get rid of this guy? And I'm like, okay, well, hold on. Let me go check the reviews. And he, oh, I thought he was amazing for the last nine years. Well, we just do that because blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. He's really been horrible. We just don't. We should have done. That's what I often hear. We should have done, but we didn't. We we weighed all of this. We then entered some hearings on people that we had to pro- produce the reviews. And guess what happened? Did we win or lose those hearings? Lost. Because they said they were excellent performers. So it's not them. It's you. It's you that's the yeah, problem. They've got, You're a not- paper, they've got a paper trail that proves how great they are. That's right. And so those things started happening and not at any great frequency, but it doesn't take frequency. It takes one. Yeah, <laughs> it takes right. one to create a problem for the organization. So for us, as we looked at all of that, it ultimately led back to, are we training our leaders to lead well? Are they doing a good job in leading people? Because if they are, the first thing they're having is what you just talked about. They're having the crucial conversations timely, honestly, and they're tracking the performance every day, not at the review time frame, which was was a big problem. We found that leaders weren't discussing the issues. Now, this is years ago. They weren't discussing the issue till the performance review, so people were surprised. A great leader should never have an employee surprised when they have to sit down and talk to them about an issue, the employee should know it exists and was an issue at the point they get disciplined or coached that, Hey, we've talked about this a couple of times. We're needing to make it more formal to make sure you understand it should be that kind of dialogue. So in our organization, we turned it to leading, I mean, uh, uh, teaching managers to lead well and what that meant. Uh, That's for us. That doesn't work everywhere. Trust me. 
the great majority of people I've talked to have scored reviews on performance at a certain time of year. I think our police and fire departments still do them twice a year. We're civil service and it's required in the law. But the rest of us don't do those. We're supposed to be leading our people and disciplining and coaching them appropriately along the way. Because if we're doing that well, the coaching and discipline and recognition documents are going to reflect the high performers or the non-performers. It's going to be properly reflected in a different way and timely, not once a year, right? So for us, that's where it's at. But, you know, um, there have been discussions here even recently of should we go back to reviews? While I may not agree with them, it's at the leisure of the management's office, you know, the city manager's office. If they want to do reviews and it's important to them, then we will structure them again. But there is this huge difference of what is effective. And that's what, when you're talking about how do you know high performance exists, this is probably a lot of people are going to disagree disagree with me, but I believe I know high performance when I see it. It's the production of the work. It's the accuracy of the work. It's the attitude and the willingness of the person. It's doing it right and well. You know, those are two things. Um, It's helping the team in a crisis. I mean, you just, anybody, if you're a a leader and you can say, who's your best person, they're not going to say all 14. We're going to be able to name them. Sure. And there's a reason. It doesn't mean the other, like if it's two, it doesn't mean the others aren't performing. But you know who your shining stars are, and you can name them without a document trail, without a discipline trail, without having a score affixed to them in attendance and performance and management and leadership. You know who your high performance is, people, who your high performing people are without a number attached to them. And you know the ones that aren't, and they also don't have a number attached. Well, if you can't prove it, it doesn't exist. Right. And you could hire a brand new employee that could start, you know, this past Monday and they wouldn't have to be there two weeks. They would know who your top performers are. That's right. And they're also going to know who the slackers are. Yeah, they are. You know, we, we've had that quote before. Uh, I'm terrible at these. Randy remembers these, you know, all the way back to probably the, what is it? Aunt Randy, the, the 50s, stone 60s, 40s. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember this stuff. I look forward, not was- back. Like when but, was young and dinosaurs on the earth. There you go. But you know, you just you you know high performers when you see them. You know your weakest link when they exist. But you right? but you know them because there are some quantifiable things. It is not just they're high performing because I think they are. Because you've got members of your team and you've got history. And they've got, they've got work product that they've done. And you and I have talked about, especially in this, in this city leadership space, the pace, we have noticed dramatic changes in the pace everywhere from larger cities to smaller cities. The pace has picked up substantially in the last 12 months. And I would mm-hmm. argue even this calendar year it has, and we're not even to the halfway point of the year. Why? I don't know. Other people can debate that, but it is what it is. So is the mere getting the stuff off the conveyor belt, the conveyor belt being this metaphor for our to-do list, which just, it's just the the treadmill that's running at high speed. 
So is high performance just merely we, we take this thing off that treadmill and we throw it over our shoulder and we do something with it. So, okay, now that's, that's out of the way. That's out of the way. Yeah. Is that high, high performance? Perform no, high we know that is that's not a not, checklist. We know that that's not high performance. You know, so we can talk about these retailers, Lisa and I were talking about here in the, this part of the country in Texas, discount tire is, is known for really superior customer service. And they're known for that because that's what they deliver. They have great prices. They have at every prices. location, not they just have, a location. Yeah, they have great prices. They have great. They have. They are on top of it. You won't stand around with your finger up your nose waiting for somebody to pay attention to you or to acknowledge your presence when you walk in or if you call. They're Johnny on the spot. Um, they do what they say. They're very timely. They're helpful. They're honest. Yeah, the quality of their work is good. They stand behind their work. They they go above and beyond if you have right. a problem, and so they've earned they've earned this reputation. But all of those things are are quantifiable things, which is back to my point of the person that says, well, because people are always going to overinflate their workload and what they do and what they get accomplished, and they are going to you know they're going to downplay the things that hopefully that make them look better. I get it. We all do that, which is why we've got to institute some honest measurements of performance. Now what those are, you got to figure that out, but it's beneficial to your people for it to be something that they know they have control over. So if I'm tasked with greeting people who walk up to Lisa's HR department, or I'm answering the phone and we start measuring that so that now we can quantify, okay, let's quantify what these phone calls were. You're, you're on average taking 22 phone calls. Can we, we've got to quantify these phone calls. Some, I just, I need to know who to contact, who to email, where to go. You know, you're, you're just kind of routing traffic. Others could be incredibly more sophisticated than that. Right. So it takes some quantification. For me, running retail companies, I wanted phones answered before the third ring. I didn't want there to be a third ring. Okay, well, how are you going to measure that? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what you got to do? Somebody is going to have to, somebody's going to have to ride herd on it mm -hmm. to pay attention so if you got three people and they're answering phones and somebody's, somebody's there and when the phone rings, they're counting. Do you do that forever? No, no, because once you get a process in place and some systems in place and I would periodically, guess what I would do? I would call, I would call. And if it rang more than third time, I had questions. Why didn't you, that was a fifth ring on my end. Yep. How many times did it ring on your end? Well, I don't know. Okay, well, that's a problem for me. Yeah. Because high performance is you answer it no later than after the second ring. High performance also is not getting complaints on people. You know, I so much right. of it we can judge when we hear from people, hey, they're not calling me back. Right. And you hear it from more than one person. Right. I mean, through. it doesn't always have to be a... a specifically measured because you can measure things that aren't valuable, right? You yeah, can, that's right. 
you know, like you said, if if they get if they get well, that's the emails, big elephant in the room right there. Yeah, it's, you know, if you get twenty emails, I, at least I know it's twenty instead of fifty. But if all the emails are projects and you can't crank them all out because they're projects in a day, right? It's you know what I mean. That yeah. is the twenty really what's important? No, it's not the twenty. It's what you get in the twenty and how yeah. quickly you're able to get them. That's right. Uh, filtered out. Let's, let's wind the conversation down with individual performance too, before we, uh, before we bail out here, we've got a hard stop that we're up against kids. Uh, podcast has no time limits, except our schedules do. <laughs> um, so let's talk about individual performance. How can you know, what are your thoughts about how can you know if you yourself are a high performer? Cause we, we all, we all talk in these grandiose terms about high performance culture as though we're either in one or we're not. Okay, well, newsflash, you can't be a low performer in a high-performing culture. You could be a high performer in a low-performing culture, but you do contribute to the overall culture. Mm-hmm. So it kind of starts, it kind of ends and begins with us. We do yeah. have to accept individual personal responsibility for our own performance. So how do you know if you're a high performer? Because your mama told you? <laughs> Well, she does like me. So there's that. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's a little biased. No, but seriously, you know, for me, um, well, I think there's an internal compass and there's an external compass. An internal compass is me knowing what I expect of myself and serving others. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we know that, right? Um, so if we can serve others well, um, I'm getting to their needs. I'm getting the work produced and it's done well for them. That's that's one way I know. And of course you get pr- appreciation back from those people you're serving. So that's one way to judge. Am I doing a good job? Or are they getting frustrated? The second thing is my leadership. When I'm working with my upper leadership, I'm making sure are their needs met? I'm having constant conversations with them. Did I get you what you needed? Did am I getting a ton of feedback that, okay, you missed this, you missed this, you missed this. Uh, It's just the, if you're intuitive, it's the response. It's the response I'm getting when I produce the work that provides insight as to whether I'm meeting the needs or not meeting the needs. Um, That's really my, my measurement stick of, I, I just know by listening and by gen, I mean, genuinely listening. The other thing we do is often um, it's not just about me. It's me as a leader. I then seek feedback from my team and I seek feedback on our department. So it's very specific in a group under me. And then it's more more generalized as our team doing a good job. That's a second and third level of whether I'm doing a good job is how others measure us when we do surveys and uh, customer satisfaction surveys, just generally, are we serving others? Well, that's but aside a, that's from those formal, aside from those formal measurements, there's a ton of these informal measurements and the informal measurements happen. How often? I, in every daily interaction, exactly. In every daily interaction exactly. you do, you know, whether you've hit the mark or you haven't. Yeah. And this is my bias against quote unquote reviews. It's tantamount to those of us that have that are parents or have been parents of kids going to school. So your kid gets a six week report card. You got no idea. You're just going to get the report card and you're going to be blindsided. Well, there's some parents that I guess are, mm-hmm. but you know, if, if junior is struggling with math, 
you just going to wait until the six weeks report card comes out before right. you know that? That's right. I mean, that's what we do at work. And now it, it's all post. It's after the fact. Even if it is subjective, and mostly it is, but it's after the fact. Well, we've got all this improvement that could be happening along the way if we would just give feedback in real time. Mm-hmm. I define wisdom as getting it right in real time. And if we're going to coach and lead people uh, for greater wisdom, which for me is a big goal, mm-hmm. then I, we want to train people, help people, and we ourselves want to get it right. More often than not, we want to get mm-hmm. it right in real time. 2020 hindsight's easy for any any fool can look back and figure out how to have done it better. But can you make the right decision right here, right now, under the gun? Can we right. perform high right now doesn't mean that we can't second guess it and learn from what we get wrong there but is i just think so the timeliness many, of it all is super critical yeah there is just so much to the effectiveness of a review it comes down it really boils down and starts at the top it's the effectiveness of our leaders it's the effectiveness in accountability that we're holding others to it's having good leaders with uh, strong leaders with great wisdom, honest accountability for themselves and others, and uh, the ability to listen well. When you have all of those things working for you as an organization, it's never going to be 100%. We all know there's a handful, we can name them in leadership, that aren't as strong as they should be. Um are growing, are new, make mistakes. But generally, it's going to start at the top of our organizations and work itself down because they're going to hold each other accountable, which we are then going to hold our people accountable and our people are going to hold those that they lead accountable. It's just this trickle down. And it's a trickle up. It works both ways. So that is where each organization and and each person in our audience is going to have to determine what matters for you, what matters for your city, and how do you ensure that high performance is happening, and if anything, that you're improving upon it to get to a high-performing team. That's where the rubber meets the road, and each organization is going to approach it differently and what works for them. Yeah, the challenge I think that I would leave everybody with is if you think you're high-performing or if you don't think you're high-performing, either way, prove it prove it and find out and be willing to accept and face the truth, face the reality and face it together. This isn't about we and them as a leader. We are part of them. We are part of the group. So we are not separate from our team. So we can't blame our team. Well, I'm a high performing leader, but my team sucks. It doesn't work that way. No, no. And not only that, when you prove it, it doesn't mean it's always a number or a piece of paper, you know, a performance review. You're going to have to figure out how do you prove it for your organization? And and it can be a variety of ways. It's not necessarily meaning it just gets to a scored review. That That's That right. is not always That's the solution, nor is it the right one in all cases. That's right. Well, and share it with your team because together you're going to improve it or together you're not going to improve it. But everybody being on the same page and understanding what the goal is and where we're trying to head. And will we know success? Will we know growth? Will we know improvement? How? How will we know? You've got to provide those answers for your people.
Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.